Welcome back to the movie Draft House. I'm your host, Mark, joined by Jeff. Hi. How are you today, Mark? Uh, you sound like one of those child's toys. The, hello, my name is Jeff. Oh, like a speaking spell? Yeah. Like E.T.? Yeah, no. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I gotta say, uh, oh, okay, let me slow down, because I'm about ready to dive into this movie. Um, uh, who, music, Mark, what, what, oh. the music. We're in our second week of the new year, January 2022, and we got new music for the pod. It's the Mason Pace Band with the song King of Hearts. Now, Jeff, you've heard Mason Pace. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it, had I played this for my mother, she would have uh, <laughs> called the priest and ordered an exorcism. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's not like death metal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's very heavy rock. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is not your cup of tea. I got it. Yeah, I got no, it. it's just you know, I just I didn't grow up on it. You know, that's I got it. I think I I I think it's good. I think uh, I think we have some some listeners that'll enjoy it. And I'm just uh, saying, had you appre- had you picked like uh, you know Travis Tritt. I'd also be not. I mean, this is better than Travis Tritt, but you know, like I'm not a country music fan. Uh, but <laughs> we want to represent the genres here. Like, so when we have, uh, you know, uh, hip hop, which is a, a style of music I'm a fan of, some others might not like it as much, and that's okay. Well, we we appreciate the Mason Pace Band for letting us use their their music. You can catch their music wherever you you get yours. And catch all the links to all of their platforms in the show notes. You'll be glad you did, and I know they appreciate you. Absolutely. So, Jeff, what's our theme of the month? Oh, the theme of the month is (laughs) movies that take place in the West. And I hope that your movie actually doesn't take place in the West next week. I hope it (laughs) It probably does. But it's not. I'm pretty sure it does. We're supposed to do Westerns. And uh, I have picked a Western. I've picked two Westerns, and uh, Mark has not. I mean, he picked something. Last week was a bona fide Western. It's kind of a Western. Like, okay, sure, yes. I think that last week's movie met the theme. However, it's not a Western, you know, with uh, a saloon and a sheriff and, uh, you know, the the whole story. Wild West Gold Rush Town sort of mentality uh, didn't have any of that, right? It was really just a prairie, um, but it's still a Western, right? Don't mishear me, but this is a Western Western. What did we watch this week? We watched Bone Tomahawk. It is uh, from 2015 starring Kurt Russell um, and a lot of uh, other names. Patrick Wilson, who I'm not super familiar with. He looks, he reminds me of someone, but I can't place it. Uh, Patrick, well, he's in all the, um, the uh, what are those horror movies? Oh, um, Conjuring. Yeah, the Conjuring Yeah, he movies. was in The Watchmen. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm still uh, not super familiar with him. Uh, Matthew Fox from Lost. Uh, he was also racing. I like how you like you say Matthew Fox from Lost. Like 
A, people have watched that show. But and that's B, the only place they would know him from. Either Lost or, and even less likely, would be Racer X from Speed Racer, which is my yeah, favorite I, Wachowski film. Honestly, I, 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 I just don't think he's that. I mean, yes, I saw him in Lost. Lost but, at one point was the show. Yeah. And that's the was. only, I don't know what your problem is here is. I'm saying no, I, 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 it's I Matthew mean, Fox. I'm like, and if you've seen the show Lost, you're probably familiar with him. Yes. Okay. Uh, I preface it with that and we're golden. Okay. David Arquette is also in this. And, and I like, I didn't see this beforehand, but Sid Haig, Sid Haig you, your boy, oh, your Sid favorite Haig. actor of all time. Captain Spaulding. Enemy of the podcast, Sid Haig. <laughs> Is in the movie briefly. He's in the movie for all of like three minutes. And then I mentioned Richard Jenkins last week. And I forgot that he was in this movie. And after finishing it, I kind of went back to the the IMDb and he plays Chicory. And I'm like, wait, what? No, that wasn't him. This is a mistake. I had to go back. He's like unrecognizable to me in this movie. Wait, uh... Who Richard Jenkins was the old man that was a part of the party. The deputy. Yeah, the backup deputy. The doctor slash deputy. Backup deputy, yeah. Backup deputy. Right. <laughs> to me, I didn't recognize him. I, I they like his hair had grown long and it was fully white. And he had the beard, and his performance was unlike any performance I've seen him do before. I I was surprised. Uh that this was him. Like it didn't ever click for me at all throughout the whole movie. It didn't even be, there wasn't even that moment of this guy sure looks familiar and I can't place him. None of that. It just was like at the end of the movie, I'm like, Oh yeah, he was in this. Actually, it wasn't even that. It was like, IMDb is wrong. (laughs) This movie is directed by a guy uh, who has a first initial for a first name. Uh, It's S Craig Zoller. Uh, you may know him from other films such as Brawl and Cell Block 99 or Dragged Across Concrete. So um, here here I am saying you guys might know Matthew Fox from Lost, one of the most popular TV shows in the early 2000s or late 2000s or early teens. Man, time flies. And you're, you're saying people might know him from two movies no one's ever seen. No, I, I'm, obviously I was joking. Oh, nobody's ever joking. heard of those movies. Okay, well, uh, right even though I think one of those movies stars uh, Vince Vaughn. So, uh, what Paul and Soul Block ninety nine? Yeah. All right. Anyways, anyways. So this the I am hold on the IMDb synopsis for Bone Tomahawk is. In the dying days of the Old West, Mm. an elderly sheriff and his posse set out to rescue their town's doctor from cannibalistic cave dwellers. Yeah. Um, I mean, that should... You either know whether you're in or out at that point, right? That's a pretty good synopsis. (laughs) I I, I think so. I think... It's rated R. The synopsis had me in. I I will say this. The synopsis had me in. Okay. I, I was so far in that I paid... Three ninety nine to rent this movie. I I did. I had to. 
Done it. I couldn't have. I I did. I could not find it on illegitimatemeans.com. Uh, I had hoped you had just gone direct to legitimatemeans.com <laughs> that it wasn't your backup. <laughs> so um, I was all the way in. I also got point. it at legitimatebeans.com with a Google credit I had from all the movies I rent from Google. <laughs> Let's look at lucky you. I know. Anyway, all right. So, uh, just uh, the general thoughts, then, Mark. You, you've, without giving anything away, especially you know what and I know what. Um, <laughs> de- uh, positive feelings, negative feelings. Um, how you, how you feeling after this? So, because I know it's uh, very similar to your Oscar bait last week. That they very indistinguishable <laughs> between these two films. All right. So, overall thoughts are. This film had a Rotten Tomato score of ninety-one percent, which is really high for something. Well, again, and and that's a bold-faced lie. Um, Whoa, okay, yeah, bold-faced. Uh, it's okay. Uh, there's no way. I don't know who the production company. Oh my gosh, the are we doing this today? No, I'm just saying. Um, I, I overall thoughts is I, I no, the so, movie was slower than I anticipated. Oh, uh, and we just got done quor- watching your slog. No, it, it wasn't a slog. Oh, um, what? Three three quarters of this film are just wasted on just dudes talking like they're in the old west. It's a- and I I just I I I could not get on board with this movie until like the last act. Buckle up, folks. I I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. Uh, the this film is saved by Kurt Russell. Um, okay. He's just he's he's very magnetic in any role he does. Yeah, and he's playing White Earp again. Yeah, he's he's over the top here, but he's over, over the, the top, top for a good. He, no, he's over the top oh for a God. good reason. Ah, here we go. Uh, it's because he has to drag along Ugh. this the slog of a. I can't believe of a screenplay that you can can watch Power of the Dog. The and Power it's, of the Dog. Well, who cares? And it's pacing. <laughs> And the pacing this, this, was fine in the power of the dog. No, no. There are plenty of lulls in power of the dog. Plenty. The uh, pacing this, in this movie is all over the place. It is not all over the place. It is. No. Okay. Okay. All right. You've pissed me off. Great job. So um, <laughs> the movie starts out. Okay. I will say this. It did... It did not have the same level of action I anticipated. Um, but when it did, it did not disappoint. Oh, right. It's, so, it, when when the action finally shows up, it's like off the off the charts batshit. Um, and it's not even action. It's more. It's more like shock value. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it just it completely caught me off guard, and we'll get to the to the scene. But I was that the, that scene happened. You texted me, and I was like, oh, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I it was just I caught me so, so off guard. The reason I picked this movie, I was listening to a podcast, and uh, one of the hosts, Paul F. Tompkins, who's one of the more ubiquitous podcasters, had said he saw this movie. And he mentioned that scene, and I was like, oh, that sounds like... Oh, so you already knew about this scene? I knew there was a scene like this. I didn't know the specifics, 
And I still found it quite shocking. Uh, like, bro, my stomach was like upside down it, it, after this. Yeah, scene. it's a and good it, one. It, it, it takes it takes a rare movie for that to happen. Yeah, um, it's good. We'll get to it. All right, so the movie is a western, and you get two uh, thieves. They kill people in their sleep and then steal their stuff. And that's Sid Higgs. Is, we're talking about David Arquette and Sid Higgs. David Arquette and Sid Higgs. So let's head over to the wrestler's corner and let's talk about David Arquette. This is a <laughs> bit right. of a stretch, right? Because he's an actor first and then a wrestler. And it's not the other way around. Uh, and there are very, very, very few, if any other. No, uh, Stephen Amell also, but he barely. Um, David Arquette takes it more seriously as a wrestler. Uh, I've always liked David Arquette. Um, his performances, maybe it's just because I love Scream and I think Deputy Dewey is fantastic and we got a new Scream movie coming up. I like him in Never Been Kissed. I like him in this. I think he's really good. Um, he's wasted in this. So, I don't know why you think he's wasted. Because because he's barely in the movie. Yes, but he's also used how they want to use him. He's barely in the movie because, frankly, David Arquette isn't a well-known. Well, I mean, he's well-known, but he's not respected anymore, necessarily, in the Hollywood realm. Uh, he's kind of got a bad reputation, not as a person or like he's not a bad person, but he's had his run-ins with drugs and um you know, substance abuse and things like that. But Sid Hay gets shot in the face in the first two minutes. Good for that. That's good. <laughs> because he, I, like, I recognized him, obviously, but I just. Right. But the only reason you recognize him is because of me. Yeah. And I, I really hate <laughs> that you've done that to me, that I know anything about any movie that Rob Zombie has ever directed. That I have one piece of somewhere inside my brain there's a little tiny molecule dedicated to knowing about that stupid movie you made us watch <laughs> and now that little piece of my brain got activated watching this movie and i didn't even know he was in this movie until the opening scene i was like wait I. a minute yeah. that's fucking sid Haig. yeah and he plays the same character although not as older yeah like he's just a dirt bag and David Arquette's a more sleazy dirt. Oh, they're both priests. Anyway, so they get attacked by, we're not really sure yet, right? Um, that's these humanoid shadowy figures uh, that attack and kill Sid Haig. Thank you very much. And David Arquette goes to town. And he's drink- He's injured. He's in. Mm, Is he injured? No, I don't think he's injured yet. Oh, or okay. not severely, because he just goes to the bar to drink. He's hidden the stolen goods. It gets found by the sheriff and the sheriff's assistant, who is uh, Chicory. Is that it? Chicory? Yep. The Richard ba- Jenkins. The backup deputy. Um, And they essentially, basically, uh, Kurt Russell is gun happy. And he, he threatens him. He says, if you make any moves, I'm going to shoot you. And he does. He shoots David Arquette in the leg. Um, and in this bar is also Matthew Fox's character. Uh, 
who is Bruder, who is a well-dressed um, uh, cowboy. They call him on some of the promotional work an armed gentleman. That works. Um, he's kind of going to be like a more boring version of Doc Holliday. Like if Doc Holliday wasn't anywhere near as charismatic, it would be this character. Um, and I'm not saying that as necessarily a critique or a, a bad thing. It's just that he, that that's the only way I can describe him. He's just a less emotive. Um, and they basically, so then we get the other character who's with his wife and they're going to pound town. And this is, uh, help me with the actor here, Patrick Wilson and Patrick his, Wilson. his wife, Samantha, who's played by Lily Simmons. And they are uh, a married couple and he is injured and she is a nurse. So, but anyway, now Kurt Russell has this, has David Arquette injured and he needs someone to pull the bullet out. And apparently the, regular doctor is drunk out of his mind. Um, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I, so the first half of this movie is there. And the, the only reason this movie exists, the plot of this movie exists is because Kurt Russell was gun happy. I don't know that that's fair. Because he shoots David Arquette's character, and David Arquette's character is the one that the monster people want. So they go to okay, yeah, that's fair. Lily Simmons' house, and but abduct isn't all, that how everybody. things happen? Is one one you know misjud not even a misjudgment, just a circumstance that this is something that they established that Kurt Russell has done a hundred times before. Even his uh, other deputy, Deputy Nick, says it's his favorite hobby to shoot the people in their legs. So he's clearly done it a bunch of times and never had a problem before. So, so go yeah, ahead, Mark. I, no, I'm just saying this movie tries to establish these characters for the first I, half of the I movie. I think they do a good job, too. I like the characters in this movie. Uh, okay. I like their different uh, motivations. I like Kurt Russell is the only likable character in this. Uh, you didn't it, like Chicory? Uh, no, it, it, he's a kind. Of I didn't man. like him. He's he's talkative. It's just I think I think I think they uh, this movie wastes Richard Jenkins. Oh my talent. god, they do. You say that this about man. So this many man isn't. It's it. I. He's a he's a double Oscar nominee. I don't care. That doesn't mean anything. Okay, it does you mean might something. as well say he's gone to McDonald's twice in his life, and it holds about as much weight to me as whether or not he's been nominated for an Oscar. All right. So, All right. This so you is, you cited you cited Step Brothers last week. I'm not going as as a movie that you remember him from. I love that movie. It's a great. And he was film. very charismatic in that movie, was he not? Yes. Okay. I'm not uh, arguing he was, he's good. I just don't care about Oscars. And then you say no, he's just, wasted I'm talent. Saying he's, I don't he's, think he's, he's wasted talent because what his performance is so good and so different that, like I said, I never recognized him in the movie. I had IMDb have to tell me. And I think his character is good. Uh, I think that he is the, the conscience of a lot of people. He also is 
you know, the kind person. He talks too much, which is a character trait that makes sense. And he constantly has to be reminded by his sheriff that he needs to shut up once in a while and not be so, you know, provoking of Matthew Fox's character. You've got the sheriff who granted is basically Wyatt Earp, but a little more gun happy. Wyatt Earp was a peace officer, but that's barely anything. He's essentially playing the same character. You've got, and that's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Is because Kurt Russell is so he's awesome good at playing that that role. Really, if you can type grow of character, the mustache and beard that he has in this movie, you should. It's epic. I'm pretty sure that when did this movie come out? 2015. Uh, 2015. When did that Santa Claus movie? That Netflix. I don't know, but I I'll, I'm going to try to watch it next year because uh, Kurt Russell. It's awesome. good. It's it's very it's very good. But like, I wonder if he was in like, the midst of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's. I mean, because his. I mean, it's an it's pretty epic. It's uh, his, awesome. I his his mustache and beard here. I'm so mad his genetically hair. His hair that is. I'm not able to just pull off. Just. Uh, I want to lay my yeah, head on it's, it now. <laughs> So the other character, talking about the characters, Arthur, who is uh, Patrick Wilson. Essentially, let's skip. Let's get to the bones of this. Essentially, um, one morning, Chicory realizes that, or actually, there's a, a young man who gets killed, uh, who tends to it's some the only horses. black man in the movie. Uh, no, there's two. Um, <laughs> there is. <laughs> but yes, but it's also the West. And sure. it's probably accurate, but uh, okay. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then, Mark. <laughs> I mean, at least they credit him in the IMDb. All right. His name, his name is Jeremy Tardy and he plays Buford. So Buford gets killed. Uh, and they, and, and in gruesome means. And then they also realize that the, uh, the jail, the what do you call it the sheriff's office or whatever is empty deputy nick was left there with david arquette's character and the nurse who is arthur's uh wife they're all three missing and the only clue is this arrow that they bring in a native american who says well you talking he's like like you white guys would say that they're basically native americans but Actually, they're what they call them troglodytes. And essentially they are cannibal, but they're even almost like supernatural in a way, because I don't I, like this. Let's talk about the, the villains, the creature design here. Okay. They are humans with like white ash on them and they've got bones and tusks coming out of them. They have these like neck. Basically, they have like a what I would call maybe a organic tracheotomy, which allows them to scream and yell at loud volumes, which I didn't like. I kind of would have preferred if they were just human. I think to me, that actually makes them a little more scary. Um, once I saw and, and heard this yelling and, and I was like, ah, oh, it kind of took the edge off a little bit for me. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't like the, the right off the bat reveal of these things. Yeah. 
uh, like from the the very first scene where David Arquette and Sid Haig are attacked, you know, we get we get our first glimpse of of these things, and we can tell pretty pretty handily that they're human esque. Um, you know, they 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 may be Native American. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't like the decision to reveal these these things before the final act of the film. I um, think that's fair. I mean, you you can still make decisions based on the movie where these characters are killed and disemboweled and and all that and it's gruesome without showing the final product. And I think that took that took it that took away the the scariness of the or the horror aspect of this film. Yeah. And I think too because we're going to get into the sort of the second act where now all the, these people are missing and essentially they put together a party to go find these three people, which is made up of Matt Fox's character, Chicory, um, who's Richard Jenkins character, uh, of course, uh, Kurt Russell and Arthur, who is the husband. Now, Arthur has no, we didn't mention. Oh, you're going to you're going to mention. Yeah. Arthur has this injury to his leg uh, that his wife has been caring for and. Essentially, he's not going to be able to keep up, but they kind of work with him. And so but it becomes a running thing in the movie. But so we get to the second act where I guess is where you're really going to start poo poo in the movie because. It does slow slog. I I don't know that it's a slog because I was never bored at it because the now I, I can understand if you go into the movie saying, hey, this is going to be these grotesque monsters cowboys versus monsters and you have this portion of the film that is really just cowboys versus the elements and but also they're thieves that they run into and the thing i like about this section of the movie is the camaraderie and the relationships of the characters um i really like my uh uh matthew fox's character i don't like the character's not likable, but he's not supposed to be. But yeah. I, I like that dynamic of him with Chicory, who's supposed to be sort of like the most likable, right? And yeah. and and then um, you know, Kurt Russell, who's very much the law and the safe, you know, lead. And then the emotional one is gonna be Arthur, at least like he's leading with his emotions. He's not thinking clearly. Yeah, I think what I didn't like most about this middle part of the film is that we spend so much time with these characters, but we don't learn anything about them. I think that's uh, false. So they no, they establish I mean, I mean, at some point, uh, right before they go on the journey, Chicory has a late wife, um, someone he talks about a bunch, and he uses her to lighten the mood. You know, there's a point where Arthur says some things to chicory like in anger and later apologizes and chicory blows it off. Hey, my wife used to call me the same thing. Don't worry about it. You know, and just kind of keeping things light. Uh, you learn that Matthew Fox's family was murdered, uh, when he was young by native American tribe. And that's why he hates native Americans and he's killed men, women, and children. And chicory's like, I don't know that I could kill a woman. And you know, and, and then of course, 
I think Arthur probably is the least amount of character development because it's just my wife is missing. I need to go get her. Right. That's pretty much I, his whole story. Right. But I'm 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 talking about from the camaraderie aspect of these characters is that we never figure out or it's told why Kurt Russell and Richard Jenkins characters have such a bond. Um, You know, we're shown from the, the beginning of the movie that, you know, Sheriff Hunt kind of has a soft spot for chicory and, but like, why? You know, uh, these characters are th- are thrust together, and we only get like surface level. So, what do you want? You want a I, movie I, that I, I, that you think is a slog to be longer? No, I, I I want better, better screenplay. Maybe I don't. I think that they have their camaraderie, and we're coming into a relationship that's already established, and I think that their chemistry comes off on screen. I don't know how much backstory I need. This is like when we talked about best of the best and you wanted to see James Earl Jones in a, in a wrestling tournament to prove that he had wrestling wrestling credentials. I just, I just wanted to know his story. You, okay. You wanted to know and and him being a wrestling coach. Wasn't enough to know, Hey, he's, he's a wrestler guy. And these guys have great chemistry and the act is, you know, fast friends, old friends. Well, no, you have like Matthew Fox's character and our, uh, Patrick Wilson's character have this kind of standoffish um, acknowledgement where I guess, you know, Matthew Fox shows up at um, at the beginning of the movie at uh, Arthur's house and is summoning the his wife. Right. You know, to go pull the and, bullet out of David Arquette. Right. Head. And, you know. Um, the wife calls out to Arthur, who's laid up in the bed because his one leg don't work. You know, she's like, and Bruder's going to be, a, you know, accompanying me to the sheriff. And and Patrick Wilson's like, okay. But then we learned that Patrick Wilson doesn't really like Matthew Fox so in this movie. that first scene Because Matthew Fox playful. passed at his, at, his, at his wife. Right. Um, Which is, okay. All right. So, yes. Now, the first scene you're talking about where he he says, don't make any moves towards my wife, it almost felt playful, but that's because we didn't know the relationship. And then about halfway through the film, he says, uh, at at this point in the movie, Arthur's leg has gotten to the point where he had, actually, no, their horses have been stolen, so he's having to walk on a bum leg, so they're going to be splitting the party a little bit. And he says, well, if we find her, I will try my best not to make passes at your wife. To which Arthur slugs him. And even Matthew Fox is like, listen, man, that you know, I made past your wife years ago, and she said no. And I'm out here fighting for both of you. So I think maybe there's still feelings there. I don't know. But then again, based on what we've learned about Matthew Fox's character, he doesn't take a lot of convincing uh, to go kill Native Americans. I'm just saying... Like a lot of it, it's very surface level. There's nothing very deep here, um, but we're meant to spend a lot of time oh with God. these characters. So I would appreciate more in-depth storytelling. Carry on. In a movie about cowboys fighting cannibals, you want more backstory. 
I mean, it's not Cowboys versus Aliens. Yes. Um, which would I? I don't think I've actually seen and like finished watching Cowboys versus Aliens, but it's it's probably worse than this. Um, <laughs> probably. I just I, I, it's ridiculous. This at least, <laughs> uh, maybe again. Anyway, well, so this part of the movie is more about surviving in the Wild West and the journey from where they are to this encampment where the cannibals live. And they have very, like they have a, a group of thieves that, you know, try to steal their, well, like, I don't know how to explain this, but so like Matthew Fox sets up a line that has like bells on it. And he says, if you hear the bells shoot in that direction. And he's like, well, what if it's like a harmless animal or someone just walking by? He's like, well, if they don't announce themselves and they get close enough, they're going to get shot. And he ends up shooting a dog at one point or a wolf. And it's probably a coyote. Yeah, there you go. And um, he and then there's a, a pair of Mexican men that say, hey, no, uh, they don't. Do they ring the bell? I think they do no, later. They they get found out or caught or seen. And they're like, no, we just we just want to talk to you. And so Kurt Russell's being his usual self. They're holding guns on them and saying, hey, come close. Do as we tell you. Let's see your faces. Well, they get to the bells and Matthew Fox just shoots them dead. And uh, it's which I, I didn't mind. No, I didn't mind it, because it fit his character. Absolutely. Like he just, well, he's one they've established. He's racist. Um, at first, <laughs> I don't think racism existed back then. I don't, I don't think racism as we think of racism now, you know, existed back in the West. You, it's not, it wasn't racism then. You it don't was, think racism existed in the old West. It, it's, it's not racism how we think of it now in what way mark i don't i uh, i just i'm stunned by what you've said I, I i might have opened pandora's box here but i don't think back in the what 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 time period eight early 1800s 17 mid 18 1700s i don't know no <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know. King Henry, King Henry is not. But I know, you know racism was around. <laughs> no, you're the guy who's uh, seen Django. Yes, I've seen Django. And you still don't think racism was around? No, I'm West. saying how how we view racism what, now wasn't viewed. It was it wasn't more viewed, vicious, but it wasn't viewed as such then. By so to call white it people. racism, I think is is. Uh, it, I'm just stunned. Misunder mis, mis It's mis, still mis, racism. Whether it's it's sl- racism how we think of racism now, but it's not racism how we thought of how they thought of treating somebody different. I get in. what you're saying. I don't know if I would call I don't know if it was it, it's not it, it wasn't called racism then. It was called normal activity. We call it racism now is because we know better. I get what you're saying but it's still racist. 
But to say he was racist, I just don't think that's the case because he did not. That that was not a thing then. Yeah, it was. They might not have given it the term racism, but there were people who thought less of other people because of their race. Because the term had maybe not been coined. And again, I wasn't alive back then, but it's still racism. And he is still racist. And there were still people who weren't racist. They might have been the minority of people. But that doesn't mean it wasn't racism. This film is racist. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's been so Civics like Corner Germany, with Jeff. So in Germany, in the yes. 30s, right. everybody was an anti-Semite. Okay. So did anti-Semitism not exist? Was it not anti-Semitism? I, Maybe I don't the term wasn't around? I, no, I just don't. It didn't, it didn't have the same weight as it does now. Ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't viewed as such. Just, uh, sure. That's the thing. It wasn't viewed as such. And when, and when I... It, I'm I'm choosing my words. Please do, Mark. Because <laughs> I'm uh, just I I know I I know you're you're just waiting. Uh, I think that when you have a an era of time where the vast majority vast majority of people um just went about their daily activities in daily lives without giving anything a second thought, it doesn't hold the same weight as it does now. And I don't think we can treat it as equals. I will disagree. I don't think we can call something that was depicted in the 1700s, like you say. Just because everyone was racist uh, doesn't make it not racist. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that is because I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying the depiction here is not that he's racist. Is that this is this was what life was. Life is not racism. Huh? Okay. Life, so he like he like specifically how how says he doesn't like Native Americans and he kills them on sight and he's killed over a hundred of them. Purely on the fact that they are Native Americans and Native Americans killed his family. That's not racism. That's revenge. That is racist. (laughs) Regardless of it's not revenge. Revenge would be if he went after the people who killed his family. But then is it also racism? Not if he's specifically going after the people that killed his family. No. Then it's vengeance. Hmm. But when he goes after the entire population of a uh, ethnicity, that's That's racism. That's genocide. Well, he's one man. What? It took the United States, uh, the whole of the United <laughs> States to actually perform a genocide. 
I, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't like calling something racist, even though now we look at it and yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, looking, looking at it now, racist. But if I put myself in the, sh- in, in that time, in that place, it, it's, it's not viewed as racism. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So they, um, I, I just, they, what happens here? <laughs> Their horses get taken. I, 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 <laughs> I just, I don't agree with the term racist. You don't to, think what he, to, you don't think him murdering 116 Native Americans or however many he said, specifically and only Native Americans. Is not racist. Objectively, looking at it now, yes, that is the definition of racism. However, how he's depicted in the movie, he is not depicted as racist. He's depicted as somebody who ha- took out his vengeance on a collective group of people. And it was not viewed as such at the so. time. Like you, you take From- you take what what time we're living in now. And you fast forward 300 years and the people in the future are, are, are calling stuff we do now, coining a phrase and saying it's, it's this one thing when we're living our lives and we don't see it as such. I, I, I just, I don't think you can, you can assign, uh, It's not. It's not a recent term, but uh, uh, new new age thinking to something that happened hundreds of years ago. Sure, you can. I just did. I just called it racist. You called it. I racist. said he I, what is I'm racist. saying is that I don't think that it was viewed as such, and so we can't assign that definition to it. Yes, we can. You can because you believe it's, it. If if objectively, I'm thinking you don't you, you can't put yourself in that time if, in that. Okay, in that how place. about this? They're all sleeping with horses, right? Everybody there's banging horses. Okay, and I said that's bestiality, and you said, "Oh no, you can't say that." If everybody was doing it, wasn't bestiality yeah, it was. at the time? It's still no. That's just a word we. That's They're a word we made up horses. to describe what they were doing. It doesn't matter. It still applies. Yeah, but if you're looking at it as a derogatory, you know, term, it is okay. So now you're you know, pro because you don't let's because be, you don't sleep with horses. Let's get this straight. And and you're we're pro bestiality now. You you say what you want. Uh, I'm you do what you want. I, well, it's not. I'm gonna not, not going to call you a name. I'm not going to say, hey, you're uh, you're you know you like sleeping with animals. So well, shame humans. on you. Right, but I don't. I don't think that we can, you know, Monday morning quarterback something happened hundreds of years ago. Yeah, sure we can. People do it all the time. I'm doing it right I'm now. Okay. I'm saying, hey, right, right. he's racist. He's killing people purely based on their race. That's racism. And I just don't think that that's a a term. That's an applic. That's not a. I'm again choosing my words carefully here. 
I don't think that's a justifiable use of the term. Okay. This has been Civics Corner with Mark and Jeff. Um, just Mark. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> this is the last episode. I can't handle I, I this. Just, no, it's just, I just keep it. One day, keep it real on the pod. One day, I'm gonna audition for SNL, and I'm gonna get the job. And they're gonna say, "Oh, we heard a podcast <laughs> that you did with a guy who sleeps with horses." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand the context." <laughs> And I'm not going to get SNL job. Well, you don't want that SNL job. That's all shit. Right now, it's shit. That's because I'm not on it. <laughs> all right, let's jump. Well, to, let's jump ahead. All right, because that <laughs> that's I, okay. <laughs> I Mark, I just did not expect to have this conversation with you today. I didn't think that this movie about cowboys fighting cannibals. That's why you come to the pod, though. No, it's not. That was not That's why, it's, why, it's why I come, I come to, the to the pod. Is, is we, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And in the middle <laughs> of Bone sure. Tomahawk, you got a civics discussion about racism. That's fine. It's just it's fine. I just good. Let, let, let the record reflect. I abhor racist and there we go. Uh, the racist mentality. And, and I, I, uh, I, I, I do not agree with with those who uh, shame or uh, cast, you know, uh, stones at those who are different. I, I don't, I don't. Or uh, kill don't, people I, just based on their race. Uh, I don't identify with those like people. I don't, I don't agree with them. I don't, I vehemently, Shame those people. Um, I just I, I I don't agree with the the use of the term here. I just I <laughs> so they go to um, let's 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 they, get to the what we're we're all here for. They go to the, <laughs> they go to a cave where no they're captured they're captured they're captured outside of a cave. They're captured outside of the where uh, Matthew Fox loses a hand, and I'm not sure how it looked like it got chopped. Yeah, off. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't get it either. I, I rewinded it too, uh, you know, and I was like, "Wait, what happened?" Yeah, it wasn't clear, and it looked like the, one of the monster guys had a bone tomahawk. <gasps> <laughs> oh. <laughs> One second. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. What the hell was that? So, um, my wife has requested that anytime I'm going to be discussing anything violent, that I warn oh. her so she can uh, leave the vicinity. And we're about <laughs> okay. to, to get into this cave. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Um, Matthew Fox's character loses a hand in a in a battle outside of the the cave, and uh, they kill a couple of these creatures, and uh, they Matthew Fox is asked Chicory to tie off his his hand or where his hand was his stump, 
And he then asks Kurt Russell's character, give me the dynamite. Um, and he's like, I ain't going out like no punk-ass bitch. And then he kind of does. Yeah, so he goes out like a punk-ass I'm, bitch. I'm expecting <laughs> an epic, like, going down with the ship scene. Like, in Lord of the Rings, when Boromir is shot with arrows and he's protecting Marion Pippin, that's kind of what I'm expecting, right? Him just fighting hordes of monsters, killing more of them than than they can kill him, right? Like there's bunches of them trying to kill him, Boromir, and he's fighting them off and he's taking arrows and he's still going. I mean, he's going to die. That's what I expected. You don't see it's anything. Not what we got. Not what happens. They come back. And, well, so they leave. Basically, uh, Matthew Fox is like, hey, I'm going to go in there with dynamite and blow them all up and sacrifice myself. Because he's too vain to go on as a cripple, in his words. And so he goes. So uh, uh, Chicory and Kurt Russell leave. But they get intercepted by some cannibals and they pull them into the cave. While they're being dragged, you see that Matthew Fox is just dead. He doesn't do anything heroic. No. It's just he's just dead. And I was like, oh, I really thought he was going to do what he was saying. Go in with TNT and run in and, and you know, suicide bomb him. And we and we should nope. also preface all of this with uh, Arthur Patrick Wilson's character is not with the party anymore. Uh, oh yes, they had they had to. So while he's upset at everybody in the party, Patrick Wilson's character here, he tries to fight Matthew Fox's character. Well, this is when Matthew Fox uh, says he's, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he injures his leg again and falls to the ground and uh Chicory uh they're they're discussing, hey, maybe we gotta amputate it. Uh can and then Patrick Wilson's like, Can you just set it? And Chicory's like, Oh, yeah, I, I think I can, but I gotta knock you out and so he gives him like the, I guess morphine. Maybe? It's opium. I which I think opium, is basically okay. the same thing. You know, opioids. Yeah. And so he knocks Patrick Wilson's character out. Well, he doesn't. So he gives him opium, which is there to kind of dull the pain. And then he hits his leg with a hammer. I don't understand setting things, especially old West medicine. Uh, And he's still very conscious for that, but he does pass out and uh, it, it wakes up much later alone because the party has gone ahead because his leg was just too far gone to keep going. Uh, but now I guess he's healed up enough to keep moving, and he moves well, and pretty slow. He asks he asks Kurt Russell before he passes out or before they hit his leg with a hammer. He asks Kurt Russell to leave Stone so he can follow the trail of where they've been, so he can yeah, so he can track them. Him. Yeah, because he still very much wants to find his wife. So and, now, now Kurt Russell and and Chickory are kidnapped. Yeah, so they get dragged into a cell where Chicory and, and Kurt Russell are in their own cell, and across from them is Arthur's wife, Samantha, and 
Deputy Nick, who's unconscious, I guess, because you don't really hear anything out of him until right. what happens happens. And and Kurt Russell asks, "Hey, where is uh, where is the uh, the Drifter? I think they call him the Drifter. I don't think they ever call him by his name. Well, so he David calls Arquette's himself character. Buddy, which according to IMDb is Sid's name. So they don't actually know his real name, but they knew that that uh, was a pseudonym. Um." I'm sorry, Suedonym. Um Ooh. That's wrong podcast. Um, uh, where were we? Okay, so here we go. Uh, no, so we find so we find out that David Arquette's character is dead, and these these monsters ate him. Yeah, they're, they're yes. So this is a a trigger warning for you, if because this is this is nasty. All right, so it's gonna be nasty, but we're gonna tell you. What's happening? So just and it's it's, it's nasty. Rough. It's nasty. It's okay. So they like I first I thought the first part of this was rough. I thought it was worse to me. Like <laughs> oh no, because you could see his face right. Like oh, yeah. so, uh, and I'm even trying to be quiet because I don't. My wife's on the other end of the house, but I just really don't want to. <laughs> so they track Deputy Nick out of the cell. And they and Kurt Russell's telling him to wake up. Wake up. Hurry up. Wake up. And they start to scalp him. Uh, he's awake at this point. He's yes. naked, too, by the way. He's awake, naked. And they start to scalp him, and he's still awake, and he's screaming as they scalp him. It's pretty vicious. And to stop the screaming, they shove his own scalp into his mouth. Oh, yeah. And, as if, and then... So the whole time Russell... <laughs> Uh, Kurt Russell saying, oh, "We've got, I've got backup coming. We're gonna avenge you. Don't worry, we'll avenge you." <laughs> and then Mark, they turn him upside down. Well, no, first they they hammer the scalp to the back of his throat. Oh yes, forgot about with that. with like a, uh, a some bone. Bo- sharp bone looking thing. And, then, and I thought I was like I was like how's that guy not died. How's he not dead he yet? He wishes he was. I'll tell you right. that. Because then right. he is turned upside down. You know, pretend that he is in school and you're bullying him and you want you and your buddy want money. You would grab him by one leg and turn him upside down and shake him. Each of you with one leg. Well, they do that. But then a third guy comes with a bone tomahawk, I'm guessing, and starts swinging this bone tomahawk at his genitals. Uh, no, I mean they, they 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 splay his legs. They vivisect him wide. Yeah, and they cut him in half, and they split him, and then I guess they and it put him in a stew. And the next scene, we see the big guy like eating his thigh or something. Did um, we? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, this scene, and it's probably on YouTube. So if you don't really, oh, feel that's like true. This, you probably could. I'm gonna check that, but go ahead. It is. Uh, it's one of the most gruesome, like death scenes I I've ever seen in a movie. Um, I mean, it like watching it, and it's and it's not quick, and it and it doesn't shy from the gore. It doesn't like the camera doesn't pan away, no, it, or anything. It's it's very in your face, and it's and it's quite long for a death scene. Yeah, it looks um, like according to YouTube here, I I just searched bone tomahawk scene. I didn't even specify the scene, and the number one uh, result looks accurate. <laughs> it's uh, it says brutal 
scene. And as I click the video, YouTube has warned me the following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive to some audience. I understand and I wish to proceed. Show me this. And, um, okay. Yeah, they're taking him there. Uh, okay. They've removed his scalp. They've put it in his mouth. Uh, they have nailed it in. He's upside down. Oh, here comes the third man with the tama. Oh, yeah. Right in the stones. And oh, what? Tug a little harder. Yeah, he's coming in half now. This is just, oh, his insides come. Okay. Yeah. It is it's, on YouTube it, in all of its gritty detail. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll link it in the show notes. That's, if you want to see it, you go find it. I'm, I'm going to keep you more than one click away from it, though. You'll make your own conscious decision to, to click on this scene. So um, I have a bit of a thing where... It's got to be from when I was uh, little, and I saw, I saw, and I remember seeing this movie, and I, I forget what the name of the movie was, uh, or maybe it's What Lies Beneath. It's got Kevin Bacon in it. It's a oh like, no, What Lies film. Beneath is um, it that's the Michelle Pfeiffer one. I don't. What's, uh, it's got Kevin Bacon. In it. it was from it's from the nineties, um, where he plays. He's like kind of going crazy, and he starts seeing seeing things in this house um and it's of this dead girl that's not what lies beneath uh it's got it's it's that's something in the name is lies or beneath well you keep telling Uh, i'll see if i can find um, it and he at some point in the movie a character in that movie and i don't remember if it's kevin bacon's character because i haven't dared watch this movie again um but and I had to have been. When do you think early, it came out? In the nineties, it was sometime in the nineties. Okay. Yeah. Where the um, truth lies. Where the truth lies. What year was that? Nine oh oh, oh five. Stir of Echoes. It's Stir of Echoes. Okay. Uh, nineteen ninety nine, and I don't know if it's Kevin Bacon's character or another character, but a character is being dragged across a wooden floor by some unseen monster and the character tries to grip onto the wood floor with their fingernails and all of their fingernails are ripped off and the movie shows it in very gruesome detail and ever since i want to say ever since because i don't remember ever before that having this phobia um but anything to do with hand injuries automatically gets me going the other way. Um I don't I don't watch them. Well, they didn't injure his hands. Huh? No, I know. <laughs> but this but this scene in this movie made me feel the exact oh, same wow. way. And like it was not a good feel. Like I had a like a pit in my stomach watching this. I was like, what the fuck? I mean it's it's like super gruesome and it's super slow and like like there's scenes spliced in of Kurt Russell's character, like just watching in horror. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, make it stop. Like in the scene, this man is dead. It, it's, it's gruesome. It It is one of the m- most gruesome on screen deaths I've ever seen in a movie. 
yeah, it's yes, I can't argue that. Uh, there are things that I uh, find more difficult to watch in cinema than this. Um, uh, mostly, I, I I don't like on screen rape. Um, I, I watched a movie called The Nightingale, who was directed by Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook, and there are several. Uh, rape scenes and I found it very uncomfortable. I would watch this uh, scene of this man being ripped in half a thousand times over <laughs> than to, to watch rape scenes. Yeah. It's, and I would uh, eat a I would eat a big bowl of ramen while doing it. Yeah, no, I mean good for you. Uh this scene like it sums like this I mean it's 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 very lasting. This the the effect of this scene is very lasting, and I don't necessarily I don't understand why they waited the, the why the director waited so long to show the this gruesomeness from these characters until like the very end of the movie. I don't, I just had 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 he shown it somewhere relatively in the beginning of the movie, I think I would have gotten more behind of behind these monster-esque human characters uh, more than I did. Um, but it wasn't until this scene I was like, oh, these these dudes ain't fucking around. So, okay. <laughs> no, they're not. And while that is the most gruesome thing, and is by no means the end of the body torture, as uh, they have opium, and they trick some of the monsters into drinking it, to various degrees. One of them will definitely die. One will feel no effect. And the other is just going to have a really good night's sleep. Um, and once they find out that this drink is poison, they pull Kurt Russell's character out of the cage, cut into his abdomen and take this flask that's been sitting on fire and they just shove it in. And then they're trying to shoot his dick off, but they're out of ammo. <laughs> And about this time, so previous to the scene, Arthur has killed three more of them just by the element of surprise. And I found that to be pretty believable, right? They build the monsters up to be um, like if they see you first, you're dead, right? Because they've got air, like if they know you're coming, they got the arrows and they're going to kill you. But they kind of stumble upon Arthur who's sleeping in some shrubs. And Arthur kills three of them, cuts out this tracheotomy I talked about. That's a very gruesome scene, too. Yeah, but in its own right, you could you could tell it was a dummy, and to like the the other scene, also being more gruesome, but also more uh, well made. Um, the The visual effects are quite effective in that other scene. Um, but he takes this piece out and then he's able to blow on it, which simulates the noise that these monsters make. And he uses that to trick another one to kill him and, and just kind of use that to his advantage. Well, he gets in the cave and uh, he kills a couple guys, but it's too late because Kurt Russell's been shot and he's got a flask, you know, soldered into his side. Um, wow. <laughs> this movie. last act of this movie is wild uh so he says unlike matthew fox he says that he's going to kill a bunch of them uh and you don't see it but there's multiple gunshots I'm pretty sure he's doing some work um well and, as they as uh you know arthur leaves with his wife and chicory and at the, the final scene of the movie 
Chicory puts down a stone, um, implying that, hey, maybe old Sheriff Hunt's not dead. Um, and I thought that, I thought that was kind of a cool touch. Um, you know, uh, Kurt Russell was always this larger than, than life presence in this movie. Um, and so it would make some sort of sense that he would have survived. Yeah. I think, Um, I don't think he did. I I don't think so either. Yeah, Because he even was like, no, I'm not making it. And they're like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. Like, and his, his breathing is labored. It's very convincing. Um, and then they, they walk away into the sunset and the credits roll. And the music for the credits didn't really fit. It was fit weird, movie. wasn't it? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this music? <laughs> it, it was it was an odd choice for sure. Um, no, I, 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 I think the last act of this movie saved it for me. Um, it's because it's almost a completely different movie. Than, than the first two acts, and uh, and I I enjoyed the last act just because that's what I thought we were getting when I when we set out to watch this movie. Yeah, I did too, um, honestly. Because even though I had heard there was this gruesome scene, but I thought it was going to be a movie full of right. that sort of thing. And when it's really relegated to one or two scenes, I did find that I, I definitely found this to be a different movie than I was expecting going in. Yeah, I, I thought the 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 scene was effective, um, you know, because it, it's it's almost shock, you know, just shock value, um, for for what it does, and you know, you never you never really get that same level of you know complete monster esque. Uh, treatment of anybody like we didn't see David Arquette's death so we don't know how you know what they right. did to him uh, yeah um, and, and so Deputy Nick was the only thing that we saw where we're like oh my god yeah um, and so I, I, I think it, it was effective and I, I I understand maybe why it was at this point in the movie um, I just wish we had also gotten some sort of shock value uh death or treatment of some character early on in the movie is because that would have completely changed the tone for me, at least how I felt about, you know, the middle part of this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I liked the middle part, but it was very much something in the middle that was just a Western. And I do like Westerns um, when they're, well made and i think that the the western elements of this are well done and all of the pieces are there that i like when i choose to watch a western um but it's bookended by you know horror and uh whereas i thought it was going to be a much more i i think too i thought i didn't know it was going to be these humanists i thought it was going to be zombies you know and it's even though they are sort of supernatural and fantasy characters in the sense that no one like this actually exists, or at least with the, the throat noises and stuff. I mean, cannibals exist, but I don't know. I thought it was going to be more supernatural and kind of fun. Uh, like 
watching a movie where Wyatt Earp fights zombies, I thought was going to be just like off the wall and kooky and drive angry levels of fun. And I know you don't remember, but you know what I mean? Um, And we got something that took itself a lot more seriously than I think maybe it should have. I still like it. I just. If the, if the middle part of this movie didn't exist and the third act was also the second act, I would have enjoyed this movie. 10, 10 times more um just just because that's what this movie is it's you know it's them fighting these cannibals um trying to get the yeah because they are absent from the movie for like the cannibals are right at the beginning and at the well i won't say right at the end because they do take up like 30 minutes at the end of the movie yeah um no i just i, I think, whole it, I think it would have like but then like i think of Movies like Alien, where you barely see the alien in Alien. Yeah, but that movie is such a, it's such a, uh, the tone of that movie is so consistent. Yeah. Um, where the tone in this movie isn't consistent. It's, um, you know, it's it's almost got three different tones to it. And um, I it only execute, in my opinion, they only executed the, the third tone, the, the, the horror movie tone to to it to a t um i was on board with the western storytelling like the the abduction and uh what they were doing i would have liked more david arquette um but that's just because i like david arquette yeah so do you recommend this one um boy no i mean no I think there's still redeeming value. I think there's things that, uh, I mean, that are worth watching. But I, if I think about it, am I going to sit down and watch this again? Eh, probably not. Yeah. I, I'm in the same, but I think, um, you know, that scene got my attention uh, and kept me glued through the rest of the movie. Uh, but up until then, I was, I was I was just kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, I was never bored, though. Like, there are segments in movies we watch where I'm watching it and I'm like, I feel the need to grab my cell phone. And I didn't have that. And I think that's why I'm uh, like, there were a couple moments. and I'm not just trying to poo on the movie or anything. There were a couple moments of Power of the Dog where I'm like, okay, come on. You know, and that tone and the pace of the movie is much slower and there were a couple scenes where it was like that. I didn't get that here. Um, and I think that's why I was feeling like optimistic about it. But I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, I mean, if you already know if you want to watch it, like if you want to see the sort of things we've described where you like seeing right. Kurt Russell as a cowboy, then you're probably on board. And I don't think you'll regret it. Um, but uh, just as a general thing, if you haven't seen it and you know you're not missing anything that's going to you know people are gonna talk about around the water cooler, which is only gonna be one thing which you can see on YouTube and it'll take you three minutes so <laughs> uh all right, so what are we watching? No, this is your movie don't oh I don't wanna yeah. 
It's not a western. It is a western. It is. All not. right, we're watching. We're watching Hell or High Water, starring Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and Ben Foster. Let me say something. Yeah, I love Ben Foster. I think he's severely underrated actor. I agree. With I you. think he's superb. Uh, you, he, everything he touches is is great. Um, or at least he's the best part of whatever he happens to be in. I'm, I'm interested if you, you think that after this movie, just simply because of the level of actors around him as well. I, Jeff Bridges is a legend. Chris yeah. Pine is, is he's, he's, he's good. You know, it's not, he's not particularly blown me away with any of his performances, but he's charismatic enough. It's just that Ben Foster to me, always gives the most authentic performance. Have you ever seen um, Lone Survivor? Yeah. Uh, he's the only good part in that movie. Um, not only that, but he's superb. He, he's he's on a different level than everyone else in that movie. And, yeah, so... That's the Wahlberg film, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's all right, but it's Ben Foster is the best thing about that by a mile but i mean obviously acting alongside jeff bridges there's going to be someone who can keep up when is this set so the the imdb synopsis for this film is a divorced father and his ex-con older brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family's ranch in west texas that's a very uh western synopsis they're driving cars in this movie I mean, Ben Foster's carrying a machine gun in this in the poster. So, why do I feel like I've seen this? I don't think I have, but I feel like I've seen this. This is not a western, by the way. The guy has Ray Bans on. Okay, here he is in a in a a, a Mercury Grand Marquis. Where are you watching the trailer? No, no, I'm looking at a still image oh, of okay. him. Mercury Grand Marquis. They're wearing cowboy hats. Oh, that makes it a Western. There's a guy. You need more than a guy in a cowboy hat. The fact that they're driving Grand Marquis and he's wearing denim jeans and then over here Ben Foster has, I'm not a gun guy, but it's uh, what I believe is an AR-15 while wearing Ray-Bans. You're telling me this is a Western? Um, uh, it's a modern day Western. Well, anyway, join us next week. Is I probably really watch and enjoy this movie, but also have to let Mark know that this is not a Western. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, if you want to get at the pod, uh, oh, oh, oh. be sure to Don't find us on Twitter. There. Don't put mine out there. Just I heard you liked is uh, Mark on Twitter and just we can't we can't be afraid of different opinions Jeff <laughs> I'm not <laughs> my name's Jeff take, hey hey uh you know Podcast I learned something from Jeff. you last week yeah um you know and I I listened to this podcast by LeVar Burton oh you did he reads you, you did did you like it? of short fiction and before he starts he says let's take a deep breath 
And I, I always take a deep breath with LeVar Burton. Isn't it the best? <laughs> Come on. I've never, I've never listened to that podcast. You never have? <laughs> no, man. I'm just repeating what you said last week. You don't. <laughs> I, I will listen to it. I'll make it a Please point. Please listen I'll to LeVar Burton. LeVar <laughs> Burton is a treasure. A living legend. And we have this podcast where he helps you relax. And then he reads you a story. Come on, Mark. I mean, it sounds divine. It's wonderful. I just haven't gotten around to listening to LeVar Burton Reads. Okay, well, there you go. That's your recommendation, your homework. Join us next week. Uh, what's the band's name? The Matt. Mason Pace Band. Mason Pace uh, Band. With uh, the song King of Hearts. Uh, check out their music. Catch Two the show hearts notes. that dance as one. That's not that. That's not the same thing, is it? Queen, no. Uh, that's Queen uh, of I Hearts. Think... I apologize. Uh, we'll see you next week, and we'll watch the only non-Western Hell... this month. <laughs> Hell or high water. There you go.
to me. <laughs>